It's antiquated ideas, and let me paint a picture for you today. <clears throat> Imagine that you live in a suburb, okay? And, you know, you enjoy your life. You drive maybe into the city uh, to go to work. Um, you know, you have a, a, a two-bedroom, one-bathroom house, nothing fancy. You have two cars, you know, uh, just like average middle-class life. Well, one day, just out of nowhere, you're on your way to work when there is a blinding flash of light, and all of a sudden, you're instantly vaporized. Well, that's what a nuclear bomb would do, uh, in case you hadn't figured that one out, but... The reason that I I tell you that is because that's how quickly it can happen. You know, especially if it were without warning. <clears throat> Nowadays, you know, we do have warnings, though. Um, on average, they say you would have about 15 minutes of warning. Well, what's 15 minutes going to do? Right now, if you think, do you have 15 minutes to get into a shelter that's going to allow you to survive a, a, a nuclear bomb? No, you probably don't. So, I don't know why people don't think about it anymore. Considering that the U.S. and Russia have, if I remember correctly, uh, still thousands of weapons left, right? So, even though we signed treaties to get rid of these nuclear weapons and even though we had been making progress you know 20 or 30 years ago to um get rid of these weapons and and to um come to a common agreement that that nuclear weapons would mean the destruction of probably all life on earth not just not just human life but now it seems that we find ways to skirt those agreements. Um, not just Russia, not just the U.S., <clears throat> multiple other countries. You know, England and France and also countries like Pakistan and India. And let's take Pakistan and India as an example. Just so you truly understand how a nuclear bomb or a nuclear war would, would work. So we are obviously, and most people, unless you live near there or in, in those countries, most people are pretty far away from India and Pakistan, uh, far enough to know that whatever happens there isn't going to affect you, right? Well, that's where you're wrong. See, if they were to launch nuclear weapons at each other, the immediate destruction would happen in those countries. We wouldn't see it, we wouldn't feel it, we wouldn't even hear it. Yet, within hours, there would be clouds full of, of this smoke <clears throat> from these nuclear weapons. Because what happens is when all this energy dissipates, and this is from my understanding, by the way, this is, this is me, an uneducated, uneducated person, attempting to speak about something that requires a proper education. 
Although, don't get me wrong, I might not be a nuclear physicist, but uh, I do still have a brain, and I think that anyone with a brain is capable of understanding the, the ramifications of nuclear war. But maybe not to the extent that they happen, <clears throat> because clearly our politicians don't. Otherwise, they would take more initiative in disarming. Regardless, uh, let's continue. So, these clouds would ascend into the stratosphere, okay, possibly further, depending. Um, and they'd stay there. And because once you get past a certain altitude in the stratosphere, it no longer rains, then all of this radiation and all these clouds and everything are going to stay there. And so within weeks, the Earth would become very, very dark and cold, meaning that nothing could grow. And because it takes a long, long time for these nuclear fallout clouds to dissipate, this means that, and uh, from, from the things that I was reading, um, you could estimate that anywhere from 10 to 40% on the low side of all the world's crop production would end because they can't grow in such poor conditions. But on the more likely side, it would mean that most, if not all, crop production would cease to exist. Because it can't grow. It can't grow when the temperature is plummeting 30 or 40 degrees, possibly even further because of the lack of sunlight. And because things are being choked out by this, this darkness that all life really requires light. But when that's being taken away, how can you expect life to exist? And <clears throat> this is in a world where with the current state of production, I believe it's something like there's only enough food stored to feed the world for like two weeks. There's something ridiculous. I mean, every year we hit the limit of what the earth can naturally produce in terms of food. And after that, everything is stored or uh, processed. And so once you start to think about, holy shit, you know, there's not a lot of food. And if food production were to stop, a lot of people would starve. You can see how this nuclear war in Pakistan and India would end up destroying populations across the world from starvation. And especially what happens is not just starvation, but when people get hungry, they get desperate. And that desperation would drive them into lawlessness and, and countries and societies and morals and values would collapse as everyone fights to try and survive. But maybe you're more interested in the immediate effects. And maybe you want to say, and you want to sit here and think, all right, well, let's say that you, you live in um, the state of New Jersey, okay? Well, if a nuclear bomb were to hit New York, not only would you be able to see and hear the blast, most likely, that fallout is going to spread because... Well, yes, a lot of the fallout is going to rise to a layer that it's 
going to reside in for many years, hundreds of years even. Um, there's also the immediate effects of what stays lower and what gets absorbed into clouds and, and then what gets carried from there. So if New York is already that close to you, you know, a few hours, then these clouds quickly, within a day, are going to reach you and start spreading that radiation. And you're not going to feel that radiation immediately. No. It's going to be something that seeps into your life, and it's going to seep into the soil. It's going to seep into you, and eventually you're going to start getting sicker and sicker and sicker, just like the earth, until you die, and until the earth dies. And the earth is pretty resilient, but it has limits to that. And on top of that, you have to imagine that the effects of these nuclear bombs, these nuclear missiles, whatever form that they come in, they're so outrageously dangerous that it's almost unfathomable to think about the destruction that they could cause. I mean... If you think about a city like Hiroshima or Nagasaki being vaporized, quite literally vaporized, and then imagine now the size and power of the bombs that we have, where a city like Los Angeles could be destroyed outright. I mean, it, it, it's something like the shockwave can be carried for up to, like, 60 miles and, and still be destroying things. But even that, even if you're 60 miles away from the nuclear blast the heat radiating with that shock wave is enough to instantly ignite your clothes on fire sear your skin and melt almost everything that it touches well not everything you know metals and things like that no it's not going to melt that but leaves and and all the brush on the ground i mean all these papers and plastics, and they're going to ignite, and they're, they'll combust immediately. <clears throat> Turning the world that, that you once knew as a somewhat happy place, but very livable place, immediately into a hellscape within a matter of minutes. And within a matter of hours, that trauma is going to spread. And within a matter of days... Your entire country and the entire world is going to be covered in radiation. <clears throat> so if we think about that, we think about this apocalyptic hellscape. And, you know, it's not going to be in the same way that you might see in the movies. You know, it's... It, it's no, the effects of a nuclear war are far different than that. Because I think the only one that really, truly was halfway decent was The Road. And uh, that was that was a book. That was a very good book. Um, but even then, I mean, that's supposing that that the Earth itself will survive this radiation. When there's no one to say, there's nothing to prove that it will, and there's nowhere to hide from this either. You can you can stay underground, but only for so long. And the limits of the human body will, will far exceed the limits of the human mind. And I believe that people would quickly go insane from being forced underground. Um, 
So it's not going to be like a video game. It's not going to be like a movie. It's not going to be, you know, just this, this, oh, you have to fight to survive and scrounge up everything and try and rebuild. No, there won't be anything left to rebuild. I mean, the entire upper, um, everything north of the equator, my bad, um, the upper hemisphere would be obliterated, basically. I mean, the, the southern hemisphere would still have the effects of all the radiation, even though they might not have the immediate effects of the, the actual explosions. But regardless, it's not really a situation that we should be in. And so before I, I continue, um, I do want to say that, you know, if you're as horrified by that image as I, I am, you should contact your politicians and encourage them. Actually, you should implore them to get in contact with people who can tell them more about the effects of a nuclear war and encourage them and implore them, demand that they disarm. And that's not just in the U.S., that's in any country. Because... I don't think that anyone really grasps just how devastating a nuclear war would be. I mean, you have to imagine, okay, that even if even if you sorry, I had to hit my vape, of course. Um I'm a fiend, you know. Um can't have any vapes in a nuclear war, you know what I'm saying? Uh but anyway, what was I saying? Ah, oh, jeez. Um, well, derailed just like usual. Um, doesn't take long. But, yeah, it really seems like politicians, you know, after the threat of nuclear war pretty much died down, um, politicians put it on the back burner. Man, so far on the back burner that, I mean, it's underground, hidden in a cave 3,000 miles away. Because nobody thinks about it. But we do have reminders every now and then of thinking about it. And one of those was, you know what, I, I like Trump sometimes. I don't, I, I'm kind of neutral, neutral negative on Trump, but he's done some good things. Um, that's neither here nor there, though. Remember how he was agitating North Korea, all right? Well, nobody really knows how effective North Korea's nuclear arsenal is, but... I don't think that anyone really wants to find out either. And so it's incredibly dangerous to have a world leader antagonizing another nuclear power. Um, because that, you know, that brings us right back to the 1960s, you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis. When obliteration was a certainty if people didn't calm down. And unfortunately, I think that's where we will head again as things heat up and people threaten each other because they don't have the memory of that fear. And truly, it was that fear that drove people into submission. But regardless, you should bring it up to as many people as you can because a nuclear war is still a threat. 
nothing has changed about that. And if anything, it's become more of a threat than ever as people forget just how deadly it can be. I mean, that's like... If you forgot that you can't just point a gun at somebody and pull the trigger, you know, except you're not killing one person. You're going to kill hundreds of millions of people in a matter of minutes. I mean, 15 minutes. That's not enough. 15 minutes is all you have to say goodbye to everyone and anything that you love or have loved. 15 minutes to come to terms yourself with the fact that life as you know it is going to be destroyed. Even if you aren't killed immediately, you certainly will be killed in the coming weeks and months. And 15 minutes to make your peace with God before your time of judgment comes. That's all. But people forget that. People forget that 15 minutes is all that they would have to sort out anything that they have ever wanted to. You can't even drive to the grocery store in 15 minutes, in many cases. An episode of a short show on TV isn't even 15 minutes long. The average conversation that somebody has is 15 minutes long. So think about that. Keep that in mind. And the other thing that I wanted to talk about <clears throat> on the topic of nukes is nuclear energy. Nuclear energy is by no means the solution. Nuclear energy is a stopgap and a marginally good one at that. Yes, it's considered clean, but what we have to think about is that while nuclear energy might be clean and very efficient, incredibly efficient, Nuclear energy is not without faults. <clears throat> and while the faults of something like burning coal might be that it damages the environment and that it's, it's restrictive, it produces a ton of smoke and it's expensive and there's a long process, but those are things that can be fixed. They're, they're temporary. But the downsides and the pitfalls to nuclear energy are ones that are not very fixable. I mean, there are stories of in China um, where, and Russia even, where, where nuclear waste is put into rivers and, or ponds and lakes and animals will go drink from there and they're winding up dead, you know, by the hundreds around these areas and that's not to mention the the how the radiation seeks seeps into the soil making that soil untillable for thousands of years i mean yes it's good for now and that is 
for now. But as it stands, we only have enough uranium and plutonium to really efficiently run um, nuclear power plants for the next 200-odd years. But here's another point, and it's one that I have an interesting solution to that, that I've come across. It's not my solution. It's somebody else's. But you have to imagine that in 200 years, what countries are, are still going to be here? What new countries will arise? In 500 years, what countries will be here? In 1,000 years, what countries will be here? What people will be here? What languages will they speak? What will they know of nuclear war? What will they know of nuclear energy? And so it comes just the same with spent nuclear fuel as it does with active nuclear weapons that we need to find a way to not just destroy them but make sure that they are never ever seen again they're inaccessible and finland believe it or not has an interesting way of dealing with this finland being that they have a ton of nature um have come up with a typically Finnish solution, which would be that um, they dig a massive hole underground, uh, tunnels, and um, what they do is they encase the spent fuel into these concrete and metal sarcophagus, sarcophagi, sarcophaguses, I don't know, um, and they stick them in these holes very far underground. I'm not sure how far, but far enough that they're practically inaccessible. And afterwards, they backfill everything, the rock, the dirt, everything that they find. As they dug it out, they put it right back in so that it can never be reached again. And even more interesting is that the Finns have come up with a very unique problem, and that is... You can never, ever get rid of the fact that people know where that is. People will never forget, as long as there's some traceable route to the internet or to one person who might have written it down in a book, either somehow it would find its way back that these spent nuclear fuel rods or however the fuck they work would be in this location and so the Finns have proposed the idea that they create a monument and uh, their unique problem of course requires a unique solution and that unique solution is finding a way to create a monument that tells you of danger and it doesn't just tell you of of radiation poisoning and the fact that you should never ever go anywhere near this site but something that teaches you a lesson of, of, about nuclear war itself and how humanity was almost destroyed on multiple occasions. But, again, that's not something that people think about very often, even though they should. And so what I want you to take away from this episode is that Nuclear power in any capacity is incredibly dangerous. 
It's one of the most unstable things. Not because it as itself is unstable, but because people are unstable. And humanity would not hesitate sometime in the future to develop these weapons once more and use them against each other in what would definitely be the end of human civilization, if not all life on Earth. That's why it's important that you reach out to people and you make sure that this is never a possibility, that nuclear war is something that remains on people's minds. It's something that we, as a species, never forget. There have been some terrible lessons to learn throughout history, but none of them have been as terrible as dropping the first atomic bomb. And I truly mean that, because humanity seeks its own destruction in that way. We can't coexist, and I truly don't believe that humans are, are inherently good. Many humans are inherently selfish and bad. And that's not to say that being selfish is always bad, but you have to think about it, you know, that, that people are not good. People will find the most creative ways to kill each other that they possibly could. It could be with guns and knives and hammers and bombs. I mean, whatever it is that they're using. But before that, we would still kill each other with sticks and rocks. And who's to say that we won't do it again. If people are willing to go to the lengths that they do to illegally acquire weaponry and, and kill somebody, or you know what, if somebody really wants to kill somebody, they'll do it with a pair of scissors. They'll, they'll do it with a fucking pencil. They don't care. They just want to kill somebody. And unfortunately, people, that's, that's human nature. That's part of humanity. And that's why we have to remember that lesson that we learned of how over 200,000 people died in a matter of minutes when we dropped the two bombs on Japan. And from that point forward, the world was never going to be the same. And it can never be the same because there's always going to be that knowledge in one capacity or another. And the only way to overcome that knowledge is by remembering it and by knowing that the only thing that's truly stopping us from using those weapons against somebody else is knowing that they would use those weapons against us and it would mean certain destruction for everything. I mean, that's, that's really what you should take away, is that it's, it's a lesson to be learned, and it's one that you should never forget, and it's one that you should urge everyone to remember, because we need to disarm, and I'm 100% for disarming, and even though nuclear reactors, you know, they might have a million protocols to prevent a meltdown, <clears throat> a meltdown is not really the problem, it's where the spent fuel goes and as it 
piles up, I mean, this is something that will continue for, for thousands and thousands of years to be producing radiation that will poison the earth and will poison anything that comes near it. So that's what you should remember from it. And when people ask me why I don't like nuclear energy, that's why. Because anything having to do with nuclear energy is poison to us. I mean, it, it not only has the capability of infecting the earth and infecting people, what it does is it infects people's minds and it makes them go crazy with power. So I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you really do find this to be as serious of a topic as I do. And uh, if you ever want to reach out to me, I mean, feel free to... to find my WordPress or, or uh, find me through the hashtag antiquated ideas on Instagram and I'll check it out. Um, I'd love to hear from you guys. So stay safe.